And now, Truckers Radio USA presents... Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! Where are their pants? The Derriers! Oh, yeah! The Derriers! Two amazing brothers boldly exploring the universe of music in the Americana Roadshow. The Derriers are Kansas City's dubious backup specialists. Elvis had the Jordanaires. These are the Derriers. Rhythm guitar, bass, and harmony vocals. Please welcome Leo and Roger Eilts, the Derriers. Right here on Truckers Radio USA. USA. I'm Roger Isles. I'm Leo Isles. And we are the Terriers. We're doing what we do. We drive up and down the roads of America in our trusty RV. That's right. And just picking up music wherever you find it. And now we're sharing it. That's right. There's just all kinds of it out there. Oh, it's laying yeah. around in ditches. And I, I stumble over it a lot. You do. We well, stumble a lot anyway. Yeah, but I do. There That's is true. that. Yeah. Yeah. People ask us, they say, Derriers, exactly what is Americana music? And we, we think that's a fair question. Well, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of answers. There's a lot of opinions. And we have some fair answers. And, and an opinion. And an opinion. <laughs> and that is that it's music with distinctive, distinctive American, American roots. roots. That's right. And that's a pretty broad palette right there. Oh, yeah. It, it, you know, it could be rhythm and blues. It could be rock. It could be heavy metal. It could be uh, classical. Gospel. Show tunes. Soul. Pop. Old-timey. Country. Disco. Electronic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and much more. <laughs> and much more. All right. Hey, boy, you're on today. I am, man. Yeah, you didn't have to, you know, I had guess. a nap. I had a nap. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> well, the format of the show is that each of us shows up uh, each week with a virtual, virtual fistful, fistful of tunes yes. uh, uh, that we have not yet disclosed to the other guy. And we take turns starting the show. And uh, I started last week, Leo, so I believe you are up. I am up. Remember, I was talking about how um, I, I was pulling some uh, songs out of the closet. Yeah. You know how it is. We, we, yeah. we get Spring cleaning. Spring cleaning, uh, yeah. you know. You, you, you're like, oh, that's a great song, and you're never going to get around to using it. Uh-huh. So I'm going to be kind of pulling a few songs out of the closet. And I have another advantage today uh, in that I go first. Right. Yes. Okay. So sometimes when we get in, if we get in, if we start tracking on one another, and we have to figure out, okay, what can I play to get without? I don't have to do that today. <laughs> That's right. I can just, I can just start with whatever I want. That's true. And set the I, stage. And I can't wait to see what you pick. Trinidad Lopez the third. Oh, really? Yeah. He was born in May of uh, 50s to 1937, and um, he is obviously known as Twinny. Tony Lopez. Right. Uh, he passed away in August of 2020. But listen, this guy was great, man. Uh, he came out of the shoot heavy. He uh, His first album included a cover version of Pete Seeger's uh, If I Had a Hammer. Yeah. Right? And he did a real kind of Calypso uh, feel to it. Yeah, it's it a great, style great version. It's a great version. And, and I, that was the word I was looking for, actually. But he, he himself, he was born in Dallas, Texas. And his father, who was Trinidad Lopez II. Of course he was. Of course he was. We don't, we don't know about the, the original Trinidad Lopez. Yeah. I'm still looking. Anyway, he was also a singer, a dancer, an actor, a musician in Mexico. And, uh, but uh, he had four sisters. And uh, he had a, another brother uh, who was also a singer. But he grew up on Ashland Street in the little, what they call the Little Mexico uh, neighborhood in uh, Dallas, Texas. They dropped out of high school in his senior year. Because his family really didn't have a bunch of money, you know, yeah. and he dropped out to earn money to support the uh, the family. But here's what's cool: a, a lot of other things about it. 
uh, he actually uh, f- uh, played uh, with a band, uh, I think around 1955 or 56, in a band at the place that was called the Vegas Club, right? Okay. Which was owned by Jack Ruby. Oh, wow. Who was the uh, the guy that, uh, you know, about yeah. the whole Kennedy assassination. Right, kind of yeah. Anyway, so that's enough of background. Crazy. I picked one, because this is a song that you and I grew up listening to. Uh, this is from 1964. This is Twenty Lopez uh, doing Lemon Tree. Oh, good. When I was just a lad of ten, my father said to me, Come here and take a lesson from the lovely lemon tree. Don't put your faith in love, my boy, my father said to me. I fear you'll find that love is like the lovely lemon tree. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flowery sweet. But the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flowery sweet. But the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Beneath the lemon tree one day, my love and I did lie. A girl so sweet that when she smiled, the stars rose in the sky. We passed the summer lost in love beneath the lemon tree. The music of her laughter hit my father's words from me. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flowery sweet. But the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flowery sweet. But the fruit of the poor One day she left without a word She took away the sun And in the dark she left behind I knew what she had done She left me for another It's a common tale but true Said a tale but wiser now I sing this song for you Lemon tree, very pretty And the lemon flowery sweet But the fruit of the The fruit of the poor is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flowery sweet. But the fruit of the poor is impossible to eat. Yada. Great, great pick, Leo. Hey, I, I forgot to mention something about Trini Lopez. That I, 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 I glossed over it, but uh, he designed two guitars uh, for the Gibson Guitar Corporation, actually, and they are now collector's items. You can't even afford one. I'm, really? I'm just telling you right now. I got to tell you, I'd never seen a Trini Lopez edition of the Gibson guitar, so yeah. something I may want to look up and see what that's all about. Cool. Okay, we're going. What's up, Raj? Uh, okay. A guy by the name of Jeremy Wakefield. Do you know who he is? No. Okay. You're going you're gonna to know soon enough. Matter of fact, um, our steel player, Bill Dye, yeah. 
bought a steel guitar from him. Oh. He is the guy that played all the music for SpongeBob SquarePants. There you go. Uh-huh. I knew the name ring. I could yeah. have told you. Yeah. Remember, uh, Bill showed up with that uh, double neck steel that's, that's right. got SpongeBob on that's it. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Now. Wow. So anyway, that's a cool thing. Um, so I was I, looking up. He's a, I don't know, relatively young guy, I guess. Uh, in 1999... It says coincidentally or, coincidentally it's or not. It's easy for you to say, not, isn't it? Not really. Not really. 1999 would be the year SpongeBob SquarePants would make its television debut. And just as Low Straight Jackets, remember them? <laughs> yeah, I do. Would spearhead a movement to revitalize the instrumental, Jeremy Wakefield would similarly use Nickelodeon's broad commercial platform to reintroduce the gloriously warm sound of the pre-pedal steel guitar to the millennial generation and beyond. And the pre-pedal thing, that's something we talk a lot about. Well, That's old school right Deke, there. Deke Dickerson says the on-pedal steel guitar is one of the hardest instruments in the world to play. I mean, no frets, no nothing. You no know? nothing, yeah. yeah. You just got to go by ear. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so uh, Wakefield, along with other musicians and SpongeBob music director Andy Paley, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if you ever watched that SpongeBob Square Bands, but uh, the music is fantastic. Yeah, accidentally a few times, yeah. but you're right. The music is cool. It, it's just great. And, and so they incorporated Western Swing, Hillbilly Boogie, Surf, Spy Guitar, Hawaiian Steel Music, and Hot Club Gypsy Jazz into the show soundtrack, you know? So um, it reinfecting our youth with this yeah. great music, you know? That's on us. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but, uh, but anyway, so he did this album uh, called Steel Guitar Caviar. Okay. And uh, he brought in members of the Lucky Stars, We've uh, played them before. Yes, we have. The Bone Break Syncopators. Which, no, I, I don't remember them. Yeah, we. Well, you'll know about them. Okay. Um, Hot Club of Cowtown. Uh, yep. Plus Carl Sonny Leyland, remember that name? Yes. Uh, and Christopher Sprague. So um, uh, these people are all on this album. Now, I picked this particular one because it features uh, Carl Sonny Leyland. Do you know who he is? No, you're springing all kinds of stuff. Hold on, on to me that because we're going to okay. feature him later. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, and he's on organ on this one, and it oh. features him pretty prominently. So I, I've talked enough. Let's give this a listen from Steel Guitar Caviar, Jeremy Wakefield doing Hughes Blues. <laughs> Thank you. 
Norgren, man. Isn't that great? That is great. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff there. That's fun. All right. Well, back to you, Leo. The Queen of Rockabilly. Okay. Okay. Uh, that would be Wanda LaVon Jackson. Okay. Uh, she was born in uh, 1937. And uh, I want to play a song she did, but uh, first of all, I want to give you a little more background on this. Uh, the song is called Fujiyama Mama. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was written by a guy, listen to this guy's name, Jack Hammer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it was just, yeah, whatever. Uh, it, the, the, here's an interesting thing. Wanda Jackson was an extremely popular. She was like the first real rockabilly, you know, female artist out there. Yes. And she was kind of a crossover between, you know, country and, you know, rockabilly. She didn't, it was Elvis who she worked with a lot that er- encouraged her to do the rockabilly thing. He said, you got a voice for it. You just ought to do it. So she, she recorded this song and she wasn't the first person to uh, record it uh, but they wouldn't even play it in the United States for for the longest time. Uh, she said uh, that uh, nobody would play the song because they had barely accepted Elvis in the first place and they weren't too sure about accepting a teenage girl singing this, this kind of music. Wow. Which is just a little raunchy. You'll hear her voice here in a minute. Cool. Uh, she had a, a voice that's been described uh, a lot of different ways but it's got it's crunchy you know. She didn't, she didn't take any prisoners when she sang. So anyway, um, this song kind of reminded me when I was listening to it. You, you and I used to mess around with a song called, um, 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 what was another wartime song? Uh, uh, oh, Nagasaki. Nagasaki, right. Nagasaki. Yeah, we featured that on the show one time. Right. Well, like that song, it was kind of considered inappropriate, right? Oh, yeah. At the time. Of Maybe course. politically insensitive. On the other hand, it was a number one hit in Japan. Wow. They loved her over there. So the song didn't even chart in the United States originally. But she goes, now listen, she sang in German. She learned to sing in Japanese. Uh, This girl had hits all over the place, and she just wouldn't be held down. She's still out there. She's still rocking like crazy. So a little taste of this is fun. This is a song from 1957. Uh, It's Wanda Jackson singing Fujiyama Mama.
You know, that that gal's got all kinds of history. Oh, man, yeah. I could do a whole show with her, actually. Yeah, that's great stuff. Because all the, once, at one time, she had a touring band that included Roy Clark. Oh, wow. Uh, right? And uh, a black guy named Big Al Downing. And it, it's really cool because um, she recalled touring alongside Downing. who He was denied entrance to some places. Sure, right? that happened a lot. She absolutely refused. She told a club owner once. She showed up for the show. They didn't want him to stay there. She said, that's it. We're out. He's part of the band. If we, you don't want us. Yeah, you know. good for her. That's right. She said, yeah. hey, look what time it is. Uh, yeah, I think we're about out of time for this segment. We need to take a little break. Uh, well, uh, tomorrow's moving day, of course. It's, it's always moving day. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we need to go out and uh, police the area. And apologize. Uh, do some apologizing. Yeah. And we need to uh, check that. Left or inside duel. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So uh, so we'll do that, and uh, we'll be back here. This is the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers, Truckers Radio, Radio USA. USA. Yeah, we're back. We are back. The tire was down about three pounds. Yep. Yep, that's about right. Okay. So... Uh, and considering how far we came, I mean, well, that was, that's true. That's that was a long that's not drive. Bad. Yeah, you know uh, that Brad Keselowski. You know he knows what he's talking he knows about. Talking about, we you should know, listen. Check, check your tire pressure. Check your tire, yes. It's yeah, very I mean, important. of course, he's a NASCAR guy, but uh, he's like a professional. I mean, you know, yeah. he knows his stuff. He knows so his stuff. So he, stuff. You know, he goes about two hundred miles an hour. So, yeah, we could do about fifty-five yeah. on a good day. Yeah, but, yeah. that's true. Yeah. So, okay. so we're pretty smart too. We because, are too. Yeah, because we do the same thing. That's right. Yeah, that's good. You know, we are broadcasting this week from. Uh, the Shady Grove RV Park here in uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. You know, I struggled with that too. Is that how it's pronounced? I'm not. I'll tell you. I looked it up. I, uh-huh. I found a guy that would tell us exactly how to pronounce it. Oh, good. You ready? Yeah. Hang on. How to uh, pronounce Coeur d'Alene? That guy's got a weird accent. Yeah, kind of does. But let's see. Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene. Okay, I guess okay, we got no, that. I guess we got it. Okay, so uh, so that's where we are, uh, Leo. It's it's been a nice day. It, well, it's been a nice place. I mean, you know, it's like a lot of places that kind of started out rough. You know. Well, yeah, we, we are in Idaho. We are in Idaho. Yeah. But you would never know. This place is beautiful. Oh, of course, I mean, Idaho. They, they've got great. quite a you know uh, a tourist trade and everything. Mm-hmm. But I, I was trying to figure out where they get that weird name. You know. And uh, it was some Indians. It was an Indian tribe, right? I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name of the Indian tribe. I, I okay. looked it up. That guy didn't even know. He didn't know either? No. He's, I don't yeah. know how the hell to pronounce yeah. that. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, anyway uh, the, they, I did they have the meaning, right? Okay. And it, it roughly translates as, those who are found here. <laughs> okay. So, well, that's a, good. That's it. It's good. So, you know, we, here we are in Kansas City. We could be. Those, you know, Cordelaine's people that they, they, oh, wow. Well, okay. We did our best. Yeah. Anyway, it's been a fun trip. It has been a fun trip, you know, and and people ask us, they say, Derriere's, exactly. Why is it that you travel all over this great country of ours in that old RV uh, and do your radio show out of it? And well, that's where we, that's what we do. That's what we have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, unlike our compadres here on Truckers Radio USA, uh, who have, these things called ranches. ranches yeah. yeah, we don't have that. But uh, you know, for instance, Rex Allen Jr. has the Rock and Diamond R Ranch in the, in the Dos, Dos Cabezas Mountains. Mountains. Yes, got Alan that. Bailey has the Swinging Gate Ranch. He does. Tennessee Jim, the Diamond W Ranch on the edge, edge of the of Kansas Foothills. Foothills Prairie. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Oren Friesen, the Rock and Banjo Ranch. Yep. And you know, we were kind of moping about the fact that we didn't have a ranch until our pal Suzanne. She said it straight, didn't she? Yeah, she said you have a ranch. She we said do. your ranch is the 
the entire continental United States. You could say that we have a rant without, without fences. fences. That's yeah. correct. So, so that works for us. And we travel that our range in our trusty RV. Rambling Rosie gets us there. She does. Every time, so Every far. time, that's right. Yeah. And let's see, I can't remember where we were here on this. Uh, I think you closed out the last segment. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure I might have taken a nap. Again. I don't remember for yes. sure. Okay. I think you might have. I might have had a nap. So, I had a, uh, I don't know where this came from. It just, one of those things that flew into my head. Oh, like, kind of like a bug. Uh, sort of. Okay. Um, and it was, I was driving down the road, and I thought... The Mighty Wurlitzer. Oh, 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 now there's a catchphrase for you. Oh, man. So I started looking into this, man. It, you know, uh, the, the, the history of it is amazing. Um, it, it was in the earliest 20th century is when it started. Um, between 1911 and 1943, the Rudolph... Wurlitzer Company built more than 2,000 theater organs. Oh, man. Okay? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, some of them were smaller, some were bigger. But the first silent films were accompanied by a pit orchestra mm-hmm. or maybe just a lone piano. Right. Right? And so um, when this thing came out, every movie house had to have one. <laughs> you know, because uh, this thing, it's interesting. The, the traditional church organ can only produce a certain number of sounds, right? Yeah. But to the dismay of lovers of the traditional organ, British inventor and telephone engineer Robert Hope Jones electrified it and created a switching system to allow any combination of pipes and effects to be played at once. No. His instruments could produce numerous inventive sound effects, including train and boat whistles, car horns and bird whistles, and some could even simulate pistol shots. Sacrilege! Ringing phones, the sound of surf, horses (laughs) hooves, smashing pottery, thunder, and rain. Whoa, (laughs) man. So as cool as it was, and a matter of fact, there are a handful of these still out there. Really? There's a a pizza place in um, Mesa, Arizona, and our pals Jennifer and... um, uh, Judy, Judy yeah. went there. They posted a thing about that. This thing is amazing, and I'm going to post a video from okay, there. Okay, okay. Uh, it, it's it's one of the largest, or maybe the largest, uh, Wurlitzer there. And and this guy, he comes up out of the floor and and he goes around <laughs> in circles, and it's pretty pretty cool. We got we get, we got to go back to Mesa we got to go to Mesa. Yeah, we so, missed that. So Wurlitzer's time in the limelight was brief because uh, when Al Jolson did the jazz singer in mm-hmm. 1927. It was the, talkie, f- yeah. the first talkie, first talkie yeah. and that spelled the doom for the theater orchestra. <laughs> so every, you know, after that, everybody started putting in speaker systems. And gotcha. all that. But anyway, um, I, I don't, I, there's so much good stuff out there. I picked one that I think is fun. Uh, it's, it's from an album called The Mighty Wurlitzer, Mighty Wurlitzer Pipe Organ, and it is American Parade. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> we do. I, you know, I think dancing, you know, marching around yeah. the yeah. rosy. Yeah, but you always get to, you always take the uh, got the baton, the baton thing. It I, was a plunger. It. It's a plunger. Okay, I didn't, you I know. know. Well, I was close enough. But uh, well, that was too much okay. fun. Yeah, where'd you get that hat? That uh, band director's hat. I never saw it in here before. You know why? Why I carry it in the rooftop. Oh, that, that little story thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. I don't just share things with things okay. you all the time. Yeah, you know my fear of heights. That's right. I know your fear of hats. <laughs> That's what I know. <laughs> okay, Leo, uh, back to you. I found uh, this guy. I, I don't know what I was listening to, but he popped up. Uh, his name is Harry Henry Choates, and he, he was born in, in, in December of 1922, and he died young, actually. Um, and he was a, an American Cajun fiddler. And he was actually he was known as the fiddle king of Cajun swing. All right, uh, and he was you know undoubtedly the most popular Cajun music musician of his day. So we haven't featured a lot of Cajun music. That's you know, true. We do talk about. Yeah, it. that's it, true. But anyway, he uh, he was he was from Macau Island, Louisiana, and uh, he uh, his biggest hit was a, a song called a Jolie Blonde, which reached number four in the nation in 1946 with his own gro- uh, group, he, Harry Schultz and the Melody Boys. But here's the problem. Uh, Schultz had a terrible problem with alcohol. Yeah, that's a recurring theme. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. And in this particular case, uh, he died at the young age of 28. Oh, ouch. At, as a result, now listen, this is how he died, of repeatedly slamming his head into the bars of his jail cell, eventually beating himself to death into a, a severe drunken coma, and he passed away uh, in July wow. of, uh, of 1951. It's really sad because the guy was an incredible musician. Uh, anyway, I want to. here's a song from 19... Uh, let's see, I think it was 1948. Okay. This came out. But it's got a good beat to it. Oh, <laughs> oh just... Oh, sorry. Oh, that was That tacky. just came out. Yeah, yeah I know. Okay. You couldn't help yourself on that one. <laughs> Moving right along. This is Port Arthur Waltz from 1948. <laughs> Ah, 
llamemos con esa fetiche Harry Henry Choates. That's that's pretty darn Cajun, That's Leo. pretty darn Cajun yeah. right there. All right, let's see which way we're... Oh, it's back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about a band called The Atlantics. No, we're not. Yes, we are. Okay. Um, they were started in... Well, first off, there was a band from, Australian, uh, from Australia. They were a surf rock band founded in 1961 called The Atlantics. Right. But um, this is not the band. Okay, because they're Australian. They're Australian. We cannot we do that, right? Stick to the. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. So this uh, these guys uh, were from they they met at the uh, University of Medford, Massachusetts, uh, in 1976, and um, they they opened their kind of their first after they got started. They opened for the Maroons. Okay. Sure. Okay. At yeah. a club in Cambridge, and and the way they did it was they got the punk group the or the, the Maroons co-manager uh, Danny Fields phone number from dialing information cold called him and then asked for the gig <laughs> <laughs> just like that yeah, yeah. you got to ask for the gig sometimes you know you got to just whatever works right so um, they went to the hit factory in New York City we've right. talked about the hit mm -hmm. factory and they recorded a 45 for ABC uh, and um, they were given a, a staff producer by the name of Steve Duboff who um, had produced the Cow Sills pop classic, uh, The Rain, The Park, and Other Things, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. That's okay. how you're standing in the rain. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, this guy hated punk and new wave music. <laughs> <laughs> and he did a terrible here's your, job. Here's your producer. He did a terrible job of producing it, uh, but they had a, a an agreement that stipulated that if the label didn't release the record within 60 days, they, had, they could cancel their contract. Okay. So um, they did, uh, but then... ABC Records came back and they offered them an album deal, uh, which which they took against their own better judgment, uh, and which you know how that goes, right? Uh -huh, yep. These guys, they're the hard rock, uh, the hard luck kings. Okay, so they um, they went back uh, and they recorded uh, with another ABC staff producer, uh, who they really didn't want either, um, but but they they couldn't get around it. So it was another disaster. Oh no! So um, so anyway, they ended up uh, they 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 got booked. Uh, ABC was sold to MC Records, um, and they didn't even know if their album would get released. But uh, MCA had decided they were going to go more country, you know, country yeah. music and that type right. of thing. That at was that a point. very big deal at the time. And they yeah. only kept three rock bands. Which was uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, uh -huh. Steely Dan, uh, good choices, and the Atlantics. No kidding. Now, anyway, um, so the Atlantics, you know, they got to go on this tour with these guys and stayed in nice hotels and everything. But the album that they were promoting no. tanked, oh, no. and so a MCA kept them on contract, but they they it it failed. That was it. Huh? And finally, two of the guys decided they were going to go do something else, and, and it failed. So this whole thing happened like between 1976 and 1983. Oh, so it wasn't terribly long, but uh, but anyway, I was struck by um, the song, and 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 actually, this whole album. They have an album called Flight of the Surf Guitar. Okay. And so I've been kind of into this surf guitar Dick thing, right? Dick Dale, yeah. Dick yeah. Dale, Dwayne Eddy. Yeah. And this kind of follows that. It's got just a, kind of a punk feel to it, but it's very surf guitar. The Atlantic's doing Flight of the Surf Guitar. ¶¶ 
That sounds like a lot of work. Oh, man, I guess. She I about threw my neck out trying to do that. Yeah, that head bobbing thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. do that. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. Don't do that. I never really could. No, you couldn't. Uh, my rhythm isn't quite. Well, anyway. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? <laughs> what? <laughs> we used up our time for this segment. We certainly have. Yeah. So um, now's the time when we need to go do a little apologizing. Okay. Okay. Did yeah. you get the six pack? I did. And the, I think the whole Susan marching thing is going to kind of count against us. So, yeah. yeah. We may have to pull out an extra six-pack on this. Of the good stuff? The good stuff. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Okay, well, we'll be back in just a few minutes right here on Truckers Radio USA. Look out. Look out. We're backing up. We're backing up. That really annoys the neighbors. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, I secretly love it. <laughs> it is fun. <laughs> it is fun. Yeah. Let's see. Where yeah. are we? Well, you know, this is the part of the show where we like to uh, suggest uh, to people. You know, uh, maybe kind of like feed them some uh, information. Well, of. we do that. Uh, I mean, but I don't think that's enough. We have to ask them. I think oh, we just go ahead and beg. beg yeah. yeah, we'll beg them. We'll uh, beg them. Uh, everybody, we'll beg you to go to our websites. Uh, all of them. All of them, yes. They're uh, on all, all the of, internets. All, and all of Facebooks. Yeah. The one for this show is thederrieres.com. We, we, ha- we can't emphasize this enough. Don't forget the the. The. Yeah. Uh, enough said. Okay. okay. Yes. That's right. Um, and uh, the one for the band, of well, course, it's, it's is... the Three Trails West with the number three. Yeah. Yeah, right. And if you go to either of those websites, you're going to find a lot of content. content. Right. And uh, if you watch it and listen to it, we're sure you'll be contented. contented but uh, there's so much of it, you could become confused, confused. in which case you should just... Contact, contact us, and we'll get you pointed in the right direction. Yeah, there are contact us tabs on both websites, and uh, or you can get directly to us through our uh, email addresses. Our email, our new yeah. fancy schmancy. Yeah, mine is Roger, no D, at thederrieres.com. And mine is Leo, also no D, right. at thederrieres.com. And, you know, uh, one thing you can do at thederrieres.com is go to the American Americana Roadshow tab, you can listen to or download any of our past episodes. And exactly. Listen to them at your leisure, uh, preferably in a leisure suit. Yeah, which has got to be uh, the, yeah. the pinnacle of. If you do that, you've got to send us a picture. A picture we'll right. put it on the website. A selfie. Take a selfie. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, Leo, um, let's see. Um, I believe uh, uh, I finished out the last. You, you I did. did with you did. the flight of the surf guitar. That was that was fun. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That fun stuff. We were standing on the hood, kind of you know, <laughs> styling. Yeah, uh, hanging twenty. Hanging twenty. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what do you want to go? What do you want to jump into now? Uh, I got a. I got something weird. You, you know how ever so often we we featured this before. Um, a, a popular song will come from something totally, completely different, right? Uh-huh. You recognize it as like uh, the theme for the Lone Ranger, you know, right. and stuff like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play you just a little piece of music and see if you recognize it. You ready? Yep. Now, that is a beautiful piece of music. It sure is. Uh, it's a, it's a, a from a ballet, right? Okay. And that particular uh, piece of music is called uh, Dance of the Hours. Okay. And uh, the guy's name is Emilcare Ponchielli. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful, yeah, right? sure is. But that's not what you were thinking about, was it? Heck no. No, you were thinking about the same thing I'm thinking about. Yeah, that's... Hello, Mutta. Hello, Mutta. Hello, Fada. That's that's it. Alan Sherman. <laughs> this guy's name uh, was, he was born, his given name was Alan uh, Coppola, right? Okay. And uh, he was born in uh, November of 1924. Now, listen, 
this guy was nuts. I mean, he he was he was kind of a loser, to be honest okay. with you. Uh, he he was mostly uh, like a, a C grade student, right? He wasn't. He just couldn't take education seriously. Uh, but his uh, his father was an auto mechanic and a race car driver who suffered from obesity. He said he weighed like 350 pounds. And he was a race car driver? He was a race car driver. <laughs> you know? but, but he died while attempting a 100-day diet. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> he yeah, overdid there's it. a lesson right there. Uh, just stay fat. Yeah, I guess. You'll live longer, yeah. apparently, anyway. Uh, so anyway, uh, he, he went to, um, he went, well, like I said, his professional name was Alan Sherman. And he went, I attended 21 public schools in Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Miami. Gee whiz. You know, he was growing up. He later attended the University of Illinois. Uh, like I say, he was mostly a C student, and uh, but he did contribute to a uh, humor column to uh, the Daily Eleni, which was a college newspaper, right? Oh, okay, yeah. He was expelled for breaking into the Sigma Delta Tau shortly sorority house. <laughs> <laughs> With his girlfriend and future wife Dolores, I have no reason. I know I don't know why they were breaking in there anyway. Yeah, well, but it listen, wasn't allowed. No, I'm sure. no. But listen, he lived in the Brentwood section of West Los Angeles, next door to Harpo Marx. Oh wow! And, and Harpo invited him to uh, perform his song parodies right uh, at parties. Uh, attended by Marx's showbiz friends, and after one party, George Burns, yeah, right, uh, phoned an executive at Warner Brothers Records and said, "You got to hire this guy. You got to sign him to a contract. He's nuts." Wow! And the result was an LP of these parodies, and it was called "My Son, the Folk Singer." All right. Oh, great! It was released in 1962. It sold over one million copies and was awarded <laughs> a gold disc. And he just it went on from there. But anyway, the guy, like I say, this is this is a classic. Uh, everybody knows this. Uh, Alan Sherman uh, performing. It's called a letter from camp. Hello, Mudda. Hello, Fada. Hello, Mudda. Hello, Fada. Here I am at Camp Granada. Camp is very entertaining. And they say we'll have some fun if it stops raining. I went hiking with Joe Spivey. He developed poison ivy. You remember Leonard Skinner. He got ptomaine poisoning last night after dinner. All the counselors hate the waiters. And the lake has alligators. And the head coach wants no sissies. So he reads to us from something called Ulysses. Now I don't want this should scare you. But my bunkmate has malaria. You remember Jeffrey Hardy They're about to organize a searching party Take me home Oh, Madafada, take me home I hate Granada, don't leave me Out in the forest where I might get eaten by a bear Take me home 
promise I will not make noise or mess the house with other boys. Oh, please don't make me stay. I've been here one whole day. <laughs> Dearest father, darling mother, how's my precious little brother? Let me come home if you miss me. I would even let Aunt Bertha hug and kiss me. Wait a minute. It stopped hailing. Guys are swimming. Guys are sailing. Playing baseball. Gee, that's better. Modafada, kindly disregard this ladder. <laughs> yeah. Well, that brings back memories. No, well, yeah. 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 This is why we grew up so weird, I think. <laughs> yeah, I guess we so. were allowed to listen to that kind of stuff growing up. That's true. That's true. Let's see, where were we? Oh, yeah, it's back to you. It is. Um, we're going to go to a local guy, a guy by the name of Terry Allen. Okay. Do you know this guy? You keep asking me questions. Well, I don't. He's somebody I think maybe you have run across. You might not remember. Actually, was born a local guy, born in Wichita, Kansas. Okay, okay. His father uh, was born. Let's see. He was born in uh, Terry. Was born in 1943. His father was born in West Plains, Missouri. Right. And uh, he was a catcher in 1910 for the St. Louis Browns. Really? Yeah. And so um, uh, he they ended up in uh, Lubbock, Texas. And uh, he went to Monterey High School, and his contemporaries included Butch Hancock, Jimmy Dale Gilmore, yep. Joe Ely, Joe Harvey Allen, and Joe Carroll Pierce. It's funny that you're... I was kind of going over some of these names recently. Yeah. So, okay. This is, he's an outlaw country guy. Yeah. Okay? And I know you love that there stuff. There you go. All so, right. So he was trained as an architect. He uh, uh, received a BFA from the... Um, Schoenard Air Institute, uh, Art Institute, but uh, and he does uh, art installations, all kind of multimedia and all this type of stuff. Uh -huh. um, but um, let's see here. Rolling Stone describes his music as uh, uniformly eccentric, uniformly uh -huh. eccentric and uncompromising, savage and beautiful. Literal and guttural, <laughs> man. I mean, okay. it it, it kind of is too, um, and, and so uh, it's just it's really uh, kind of sparse and cool. So uh, this was uh, from an album in, from 1979 called Lubbock on Everything. Terry Allen doing Amarillo Highway.
feet Sleep on the back seat And that trunk's full of pearl And lone star you'd like that i do like the yeah. outlaw stuff pretty cool All right well leo what do you want to go to next you know we'd like to feature local artists we do and uh, once again our good friend art came through with a suggestion art's great he's great man mm-hmm. he's a regular font of information uh this guy's name was benny moton and he was a jazz great i mean kansas city had a thriving uh, uh jazz scene you bet uh in the uh you know the early 1920s uh that was right up there with chicago and new york and a lot of uh, those same artists came through here. We're talking yeah. Charlie Parker and all that. that you bet. Group. They travel back and forth. Exactly. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, Benny, Benny Moten had a band that he called the Kansas City Orchestra. Okay. And it was probably um, one of the most important of the regional blues-based orchestras active in the Midwest in the 1920s. So he, he toured a lot, but he also helped to develop a riffing style that would come to define many of the 30s big bands later on. Oh, cool. So he, this song I'm going to play was actually co-written uh, by Duke Ellington. And he w- actually kind of came up through the ranks through Benny's band. Oh, neat. So there you okay. go. So let's just give it a listen. This song is classic, man. Uh, from It was recorded in New Jersey, in, in Camden, New Jersey, in September of 1928. The song is called South. <laughs> Thank you. 
Oh, yeah, Kansas City Jazz, man. You yeah. know, it's got a real style to it. Well, good idea there, Art. Thank you for uh, that suggestion. We do appreciate it. And oh, my goodness. We are out of time. We are out of time. Yeah, we got to get packed uh, um, up. And, oh, and you know what? What? We got to figure out where we're going. Oh, it's time to throw yeah. the dart. Let's yeah. see whose turn uh, is I it. I threw it last time. Okay, so, so you, I'll get so, the dart. But uh, you, I'll get the map. You go get the okay, map. Hang on. It's way back there. Oh, there's some coats on top of it there. Find it? Okay, but, oh, that thing is wall. raggedy. It's, it's terrible. Uh, but it's in place. Okay, there you go. Okay. Oh, you get the dart. The dart, okay. It's spoon That's drawer. Spoon drawer two. two. Right. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Careful. I, I get it. Got it? Yep, I got it. I got it. Okay, get over there in the circle. I'm in the circle. You ready? Mm-hmm. Turn around three times. All righty. One, two, three. Throw the dart, throw the dart. Oh, oh boy, oh, we what? went down and uh, where? Um, Ohio, Ohio, Findlay, Ohio. Findlay, I've never heard of. It. I don't know. Sounds interesting to It'll me. It'll be an adventure. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, we'll get things packed up and uh, head out in the morning. And that's that's our usual modus operandi. That's what we do. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I got some great stuff left for next. Uh, and show. me too. Me okay. too. It'll be fun. All right. Well, um, this is the Americana Road Show right here on. Truckers Radio, USA. USA. Look out behind you. It's the Derrier.